1: Welcome, everybody, to a Baseball America podcast, West Coast style, along with Aaron Sid. In SoCal, I'm John Manuel in NorCal. It's a beautiful morning in the Golden State, City, at least where I am.
0: It's it's gray and cloudy and chilly down here this morning. It's backwards. I don't like this.
1: <laughs> it is backwards. Uh, so the sun is so bright uh, in my hotel room here on 4th Street in San Francisco. I mean, it's, uh, so so it's been a little disconcerting. It's been a wonderful weekend here in San Francisco. My only regret, Aaron, is that uh, Gonzaga was at home against San Francisco. Otherwise, I would have gone to see Marco Gonzalez against the Dons on Friday night. So, uh, even though I'm here on, on WBC business, I'm still in a college baseball state of mind, and uh, a good weekend of college baseball around the country this uh, this weekend. So let's just dive right into it, Fitzy. Uh We, you know, not a ton of movement. <clears throat> excuse me, not a ton of movement at the top of the rankings, Aaron. I did want to talk about some of the series involving the top teams. I thought we'd start in the Southeastern Conference because, uh, you know, we'll circle back to number one North Carolina in the ACC. But just start a conference play in the Southeastern Conference. It's a pretty big, uh, it's a pretty big series. Uh, so we'll, 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 linger on the longer ones. I'll just work our way down the rankings if you're good with that.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Well, first off, Vanderbilt, uh, you know, did, did you, did you give any thought to Vanderbilt, uh, Ascending to the top spot ahead of North Carolina, you know, North Carolina only lost one game, their first game, against the uh, University of Miami at home. Uh, Vanderbilt, meanwhile, goes on the road, and Auburn is not exactly playing uh, you know, tremendously this year. But Auburn does have some talent, and uh, I think it's always impressive when any SEC team goes on the road and sweet for other SEC team. Uh Did you think about moving Vanderbilt up? And if not, uh, what's just your general impression of the way the Commodores are playing right now?
0: No, I didn't think about moving them up. I mean, I I think you know if you're 18 and one or 19 and one, whatever North Carolina is, and you you just won two out of three at home against Miami. I mean, I know Miami hasn't been great, but you're never going to move out of the top spot. You know, when you win your weekend series, especially against a good team like that. Um, Vanderbilt, uh, hey, they're 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 the real deal. They're a complete club, and and give Auburn credit. I mean, Auburn had been 13 and three coming into this weekend, so actually, you know, they they got off to a decent start. Uh, and Vandy went in there and, you know, shut them down with great pitching. I mean, more Kevin Zomek and Tyler Beatty doing their things. Both those guys are 5-0. Oh. Um, Brian Miller has been uh, an assassin at the back of the bullpen. He saved all three of those games for them. Uh, I thought the, the most important thing to me this weekend was they didn't have Spencer Naven. you know, their preseason All-American catcher uh, with a little ankle injury. And, and you know, they they, they plugged Chris Harvey in there. They don't really miss a beat. I mean, Harvey gives them some offense. He plays good defense from what I understand back there. Um, you know, he was a big-time recruit for them, let's not forget, and, uh, you know, it's nice to have that kind of depth where you can just slide a guy like that in there when you lose an All-American.
1: Feels like, Aaron, that, that Vanderbilt has had this really impressive start. They're 19-2. Their two losses at home to Long Beach and at Oregon in a game that they were winning. They kind of gave
0: away the game they lost at Oregon, and they've done
1: this despite a pretty decent state of injuries,
0: have they not? Yeah, they've had they been banged up here and there. I mean, they're just so deep that it hasn't really affected them. But um, you know, they've had issues at shortstop with, with, with Swanson, of course, being out, and the Keithen was out for a little while, and he's back now. Um, yeah, they've they've had they've had a number of players that've been banged up. I mean, it hasn't been anything crippling. Uh, and TJ you know, Pecoraro. I mean, Pecoraro is hurt or just ineffective? No, he has been he has been hurt as well. Though I think he's he's close to back. If uh, uh, if he's not back already, I think he's he's supposed to be back soon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but they just slide in a guy like Phil Pfeiffer on Sunday, and he's generally been pretty well for them. uh I didn't pitch great this this past weekend, but you know they just they just they're such a deep team, it's incredible it really is
1: it's it's very impressive, and uh, the only things I can see that are, that would be worrisome uh they do walk a lot of guys for a team that's that good, they don't give them very many hits. Their opponent's batting average on the year is one ninety five its <laughs> It's That's ridiculous, crazy. but, but it does really feel like, uh, you know, despite all those injuries, they are cranking pretty close to on all cylinders. And it just feels that you know, I, I feel like you have to give credit to those young pitchers like Kevin Zomek and Tyler Beattie. Credit, obviously, to that coaching staff. But, uh, you know, obviously Tim Corbin gets a lot of that credit. But, you know, one of the things I was watching the most this year was to see how Vanderbilt's pitchers did with this switch from Derek Johnson. I think justifiably lauded throughout his career at Vanderbilt for the job he's done there with pitchers. And, and you and I have, have long liked Scott Brown when he was at St. John's. You know, the, the job he did in the New England Collegiate League as a coach, bringing along pitchers, job he did at St. John's. You know, he kind of built his college baseball resume. But right now he's doing a hell of a job. But see it From afar, it's sure that he's done a hell of a job with the pitchers at Vanderbilt.
0: I agree with you. I, I mean, you know, and I'm not surprised. Um, right, But he's, he's been able to get to help, you know, Zomek and, and, and B unlock their potential. And that was the biggest question mark. I thought why Vanderbilt was number two instead of number one in the preseason. We didn't have a lot of questions about Vandy. But the one question we had was, can these guys pitch up to their potential? I mean, you compare them with UNC, and you got three achievers in the rotation. You know, three guys that had ERAs under two last year versus, you know, Zomek and and. And Beatty, who are probably more talented than UNC starters, uh, but hadn't done it yet. And, and now they've done it. Now they're really performing. Even though Beattie has walked some guys, I mean, he's, he's you know, he's, his stuff is so good that he could, he could pitch around that stuff and, uh, and still dominate. He's giving up more walks than hits. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. He's given up 16 hits and 32 innings.
1: Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Vanderbilt, very impressive. I'm very impressed with Vanderbilt. And if you were around three years ago, you remember like, from the first couple of weekends uh, of Tony Kemp's career, Aaron Fitt talking about how awesome Tony Kemp was. What a spark twad dynamic. That guy's hitting 442. There's a better leadoff man in the country. I don't know who he is, Tony Kemp. One uh, of the players I want to start my college baseball team with, Tony Kemp. That guy's yeah. electric. He's a leader. He's dynamic. Second base, center field, whatever. I love Tony Kemp. Field. I'm converted.
0: I don't know that he's ever played center field. He played left field his freshman year and then second base. But I mean, you're right. The point is he's he's versatile, um, and he's he is dynamic, and he's a great teammate. Everybody loves him. How can how you not love Tony Kemp? He's awesome. I yeah. know. All fit. Getting ready to be all fit for the third
1: year in a row. I do wish that he cut down on the cut stealing. Been caught eight times out of 18 tries. So, yeah. Clean it up. Clean it up, Tony Kemp. Six. Um, moving down our rankings in the SEC, Aaron. Um, I guess the the series that really we need to talk about the most is Mississippi State LSU. Uh, LSU wins the series in Starkville. They've owned Mississippi State in recent years. And the crazy thing is that uh, it just got ugly there. And uh, setting a little bit of the scene, correct me if I have the details, Rob, but Mason Katz here had a big weekend, uh, three home runs in the first two games, including the game winner and the 10 inning game on Friday night, correct? Yep. And uh, Kendall Graven, a, a senior right-hander for Mississippi State, veteran member of the weekend rotation, throws the first pitch when he sees Katz behind Katz's head on Sunday, does not get tossed out of the game, which seems really strange for college baseball. And clearly it was intentional from everyone there. Graven basically admits it after the game. So we'll see if the SEC takes any disciplinary action. Uh, since for Major League Baseball, when the guy admits that he threw another guy, he gets suspended. Remember Cole Hamels with Bryce Harper? So, there's there's a very recent big league precedent if Mike Silva and the guy at the uh, SEC want to take any action. But Mississippi take got on to win that game, and the bad blood just spilled out. And it sounds like, Aaron, that Palmineri and John Cohen have never really been BFFs here. But, uh, but that got heated, and I guess so. The, the first takeaway is LSU going on the road, winning the road series against a very talented team, a, a team that had been playing fairly well, but now it's flipped up two weekends in a row. Um, what, what does it say more about, in your mind, LSU and their ability to go on the road, or are you more concerned about Mississippi State having lost two straight series at home to Central Arkansas now to the Tigers?
0: You know, I'm, I'm actually still not concerned about Mississippi State. And, and you know, I, I know they lost two series in a row at home. Um, you know, but I just I just I still believe in their talent. I mean they lost a ten inning game on Friday, they came back Sunday and, and you know, Cruz really do a win against Mississippi or LSU rather, so I mean that could have very easily been you know, they win two out of three. I mean it's it's baseball and you know, it's it's a, it's a game that turns uh an inning here or there. Um I still think this team's playing good baseball, you know. They're 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 pitching well. I mean, Jacob Lindgren. It was great to see him back and, and perform this weekend um, on Friday. You know, had that injury, nice to have Wes Ray back in the lineup. I mean, they are their offense is definitely better. I'm, I'm not worried about them. I mean, they've lost two weekends in a row. Uh, they're going to be there at the end. They're going to be in Omaha, John. Take that to the bank. Uh, I'm not <laughs> <against Bubba laughs> I State. love it. You, um, know, you know, I, I can't I, wait to see. I can't wait to see Hunter Renfro make TDM Air Trade look small. <laughs> That's right. He's one of the guys who could do it, but um, but you know you got to give LSU credit going on the road and, and I think winning that series and showing you know showing how good they are. I mean I, I think I, I wrote it in, in in weekend preview last week. I just I feel like this is a very complete LSU team now. They've gotten the answers they needed. And of course as soon as I wrote that, Cody Glenn goes out and, and struggles on Sunday. So he maybe he's you know it's one thing to to, to win a few games on Sundays in the, in the pre-conference schedule against. LSU's pre-conference schedule, and it's another thing to, to win on Sundays in the SEC. Um, so that's still something to monitor going forward. But obviously, Nolan eats are just front-line one-two punch. Mason Katz is uh, one of the best college power hitters out there, and you know nobody hits a fastball better than that guy. I've heard scouts say that before, and you know he showed it this weekend. He can crush a ball. Uh, he's locked in. Got a bunch of home runs. Nine home runs already. Um, you know uh, I like that team up and down the lineup. Uh, they're playing really good defense. Um, you know, and 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 I think I like I like when when tensions simmer over a little bit in a rivalry series like this. And you know, I I understand why Paul Maneri was upset. Sounds like Mississippi State was pretty unapologetic about that whole thing. Um, you know, there's another quote from from Wes Ray saying, "Hey, we're not going to back down from anybody. We're going to set the tone for the weekend." I mean, they 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 didn't you know <laughs> they didn't back down from this stuff, and and uh, uh, Maneri had some choice words for him. You know, and. He, he, he made the it. point. So, hey, he made the point. I understand why they're frustrated. We beat them every year. You know, that's got to get old. Uh, I, love you know it. I, mean? I love it. You, you know, you don't hear a pulmonary talking like that too often. So, that just shows you this is this is a pretty heated rivalry right now.
1: I love the competitiveness. I love the chippiness <laughs> from afar. <laughs> from afar, I like the chippiness. Like you said, you know, it's good to see the competition that they compete that much. But I will say this to quote J.J. Cooper. You don't throw at a dude's head. And, uh, that, that, uh, that's the only part I wonder about from Mississippi State. Where's the leadership on this team? Because it's good. You know what? If you want to do it, the way you do it is you drill them in the, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll sound like training day. I won't say the word, but like where Jake, uh, gets Denzel and he drills him in the, in the, in the hindquarters. You know, that's how you do it. You throw at him but you throw him in the lower back. You drill him. You don't just throw behind him. You drill him, but you, do it, you don't it—you do do it at his head. And the whole problem with it is this is an amateur pitcher, and if he's told or even takes it upon himself to throw at somebody, you might get a uh, uh, Ben Christensen situation where uh, well, Ben Christensen, I think, was obviously throwing at the guy at Indiana State back in 1999. He drilled, he drilled him in the eye, Anthony Molina. He ruined his career and blinded him for life in one eye. So, Kendall Graveman probably doesn't have throw this ball. I know he doesn't throw as hard as Ben Christensen, but these are amateur pitchers, and they don't have the control to put a ball exactly where they want. And so that's why I don't ever really think it's advisable for a guy to throw try to throw a guy's head who's an amateur pitcher, because they probably chances are they won't execute it properly. Um, but I, I, I think, I, to me. There's a better way to do this if you're Mississippi State. But the, 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 the journalist in me thinks it's a little irresponsible and a little childish and a little too old school. The fan in me thinks it's awesome. <laughs> so I'm talking on both sides of my mouth. Uh, I, sound like, I sound like Bill Simmons talking about PED. There's fan me and there's uh, <laughs> there, there's journalist me. But uh, if I am fired up about the uh, SEC teams. I and mean, to me, that heated rivalry is a great way for SEC play to have started. Welcome to SEC play, Missouri. They lose a home series to South Carolina in their introduction of the Southeastern Conference. Uh, I guess real quick here in the story on, on South Carolina is Nolan Belcher. I mean, yeah. this, guy, this guy feels like he's been there forever. Uh, is he a fifth-year or sixth-year player?
0: I think it's fifth-year, yeah. I, it's It's been a long time, <laughs> and this is the best he's ever pitched. I mean, this scoreless streak he's got going right now, uh, he moves up up a day into that Saturday spot this week and just more of the same, you know, just pounding the strike zone. Got like thirty six strikeouts in one walk I think on the season. I mean that that's that tells the story right there. Stuff is a little bit better than it was before. Uh got that plus change up and a little, little more tick of velocity on the fastball. Um, you know, between him and, and Evan Beal those first two days, you know, they've been able to, to get by without Jordan Montgomery. Um, and then on Sunday, you know, South Carolina just kind of got shut down. I mean, Missouri pitched pretty well in this series. Um, you know, Keaton Seals went out the bullpen and, and gave him great work on Sunday, uh, after Alex Rash didn't get, a, Alex Rash didn't get out of the third inning. But, um, you know, Rob Zestrizny, the, the staff ace from Missouri, pitched well in that opener, struck out ten guys over seven innings and took the loss. And then, um you know, I mean, they only gave up two runs, uh, on, on, on Saturday with Brett Craze on the mound. So, Missouri held their own in this series, but South Carolina is, is an elite pitching and defense team, and, you know, they win series like this.
1: Yeah, pretty uh, pretty tough way for Missouri to open SEC play, having to play against the uh, two-time, uh, three-time uh, finalists and the prior two-time champions uh, in South Carolina. Meanwhile, Texas A&M are just on the same vein, not in our conference 25, but they go uh, start conference play against Georgia and, uh, not looking good for the Fighting Bulldogs uh, for Jim Talis and JJ Cooper. you. Um, Georgia is now eight and twelve, zero and three in the league. Vultures are circling in Athens.
0: Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough year for Georgia. I mean, it's just they're young, and I don't I don't love their their talent level, frankly. I mean, I, I like some of their young talent. But, I mean, the, right. their, their upper-class talent is, is at least something to be desired, and this league is just so good. I mean, I think I think Georgia has a chance to win a series next week at home against Alabama, I and mean, they, they need to do it. I mean, that's a, that is a must-win series at home against Alabama next weekend. Uh, after that, though, I mean, you're talking about at Kentucky. Uh, you know, the schedule, I guess, you know, you've got Missouri coming in after that. I mean, they've got a couple of winnable series at Auburn. Um, you know, they, they could be all right, but then the second half of the schedule is, is tough.
1: It is, and like you said, it's not that I, I think they have pretty decent talent. It's just all in the freshman and sophomore class. It's just a tough way um, to try, a tough road to hoe uh, when you haven't been to regional in a couple of years. you have had all the bad luck they've had in recent years, and they've had a lot of bad luck. They've had more than their share. Um, so uh, kudos to the Aggies for entering the Southeastern Conference uh, play with a with a home sweep. Uh, real quick, Aaron Ole Miss at Arkansas. Ole Miss wins again. Uh, the, the Rebels are playing tremendously. They got a, a little bit of the best start of the year numbers-wise from Bobby Wall in terms of his results, um, and they, they win, you know, win a series on the road in one of the country's best atmospheres to 20 and two best start after 20 games in, the, in program history, I and mean, this is
0: right.
1: Ole Miss doing pretty. all doing pretty well.
0: Yeah, they're 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 really good. I mean, you know, and. and I watched the game on Sunday on on ESPN3, um, and the thing that struck me was just how athletic they are defensively. You know, and we wrote about it in the preseason. Um, We thought they were going to be an elite defensive team, in addition to being a very good pitching team. So we thought they'd be, you know, really good at run prevention. Uh, And and that that struck me on, on, on Sunday, just watching, you know, Justin Overby makes some some great plays at second base, and you know they played great in the outfield. I mean, they got so much range, so much speed out there. Uh, with two guys on the corners, with Jamison and, and, and Tanner Mathis, who, who you know, like those guys could be center fielders in a lot of places. Um, they they just they make plays, you know, and and it helps when you can pound the strike zone, knowing your defense makes plays behind you. And you know, they, they got guys like like Tanner Bailey came out of the bullpen on Sunday and, and pounded the zone for you know five innings and. and uh, he didn't walk anybody. He struck out nine guys. I mean, he, he looked pretty good. He had a good changeup going and uh, worked downhill. I mean, that, that's a that's a nice veteran bullpen with, with Greenwood, with Bailey, and Huber back there. Yeah, they've been fine without even Houghton Buchanan, who's supposed to be, and, and, and Jacob Wagesbach. I mean, those are supposed to be two of their, their guys, their, their young arms, they were really counting on the bullpen. They've been hurt. Hadn't really missed a beat. Um, so, you know, they're much deeper on the mound this year than they had been um they showed toughness you know on sunday after losing that game getting blown out on saturday uh then they had the lead in the seventh inning they blow the lead sunday they come back in the eighth and tie it and then they they you know they win it uh in, in the 13th i mean i, th- I sh- thought they showed a lot of character um i think they're, they're a very good club
1: i think you nailed it uh no no further comment, Your Honor. Uh, and, uh, uh, Arkansas and Mississippi State, we moved those teams down our rankings. Mississippi State down a 19, Arkansas 21. Uh, we talked about Mississippi State. Any, any more concerns about Arkansas? Uh, some of their defense kind of let them down Sunday.
0: Yeah, they did not play great defense that Sunday. That said, they they made some some standout plays defensively Sunday as well. I mean, it was uh, one of those days. Um, but, you know, I don't know, five errors is a little bit of a concern. I mean, um I don't know. I, I'm still not really worried about Arkansas. You know, I, I mean, this is a series again. Like, like with Mississippi State, they could have easily won it. I mean, look, they had they had the lead in the eighth inning on on Sunday. You know, they played 13 innings. I mean, they had opportunities. You know, I mean, it's not like they were very far off from winning the series. If they won the series, we'd be looking to move them up in the rankings instead of moving them down. So, um, right. I know they've had they've had two bad weekends. There are question marks for this team. They need to get Ryan Stanek right, um, but. You know, and they need to get their offense going as well. And, and I think Dominic Ciccillo, whenever he gets back to full strength, that'll make a big difference. I mean, it will. He's supposed to be the centerpiece of their lineup. Um, you know, I, think, you, that I guy, think that's
1: the that's, that's, that's short version, really, Eric. I mean, like Arkansas, the two guys, when you look from outside, besides the bullpen, the two guys that you really looked at from the outside and said, here's the, here's the bell cows. Here's so the guys who are, you know, when they get to Omaha, here's the guys who are going to have let them there. Uh, they're Spartacus. <laughs> there's Spartacus on the mound was supposed to be Stanek, and their Spartacus in the lineup was supposed to be Dominic Ficicello. And Ficicello's been hurt most of the year, and Stanek, I don't know if it's the short stride or the arm action or what, but he's just not getting it done. So those two, so two guys who are supposed to be their dudes just aren't doing it. That's kind of a – and I'm, I'm oversimplifying for the sake of the podcast. That's kind of uh, That's kind of the short version of the story,
0: isn't it? I think that's the bottom line. I think once those guys perform up to their their ability, you know, and 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 in Ficicello's case, it's just a matter of getting that oblique healthy. I mean, right now, I guess he can hit from the right side. He doesn't feel comfortable hitting from the left side yet. Um, you know, once he's healthy, I, I still believe in that guy's bat, and he can hit. Um, he will yeah. hit. And Stanek and has been a slow starter throughout his career at Arkansas, and he, he typically, you know, you see him in Hoover, he's he's probably going to be lights out. That's how he's been in in his first two seasons. He's been really good at the end of the season. So uh, I don't know why he's a slow starter. You know, he's a northern kid. Um, He should be used to the weather. But, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it just takes him a little bit of time, it seems like.
1: He he should have known this was a World Baseball Classic year and started spring training a little early. (laughs) Hey, hey, Aaron, one last SEC series, Kentucky and Florida. And, uh, you know, this year these things are reversed in basketball. Florida has won the SEC. Uh, regular season, they lost in the SEC tournament game, but I'm the highest seed in the NCAA basketball tournament in basketball. I mean, in, in the out of the SEC and Kentucky is out of the tournament playing a road game in the MIT at Robert Morris here in baseball. They're flipped as well. Florida has been to uh, Omaha three years in a row. Kentucky's never been Kentucky goes to Florida in baseball on the road and, uh, yeah, you know, made it, I don't know, they made it look easy, but they win the series. And they pound Jonathan Crawford, who's in real free fall. Yeah. The Gators are nine, the Gators are nine and 12. Um first off from Kentucky, I mean, I guess it's kind of, this is really no surprise what they do. They have one of the nations, if if Tony Kemp's not the best leadoff man in the country, Austin Cousinot is. Um, you know, Kentucky gets a deep left-handed rotation. Uh, Corey is pitching great. And uh, you know Kentucky, this is what we expected, right? Kentucky, we just we thought Kentucky would get forward to win this series.
0: You no, know, yeah, I mean I was I was on some radio shows last week, and people asked me who I thought was going to win that series, and yeah, I said Kentucky. I mean they're, I think they're just a better team, and that that's it. I mean, I know they were on the road. Usually, you know, in the SEC, you, you like the home series, but this weekend the road teams did pretty well in the SEC, um, and and. In this case i just thought it was it was a clear case of kentucky's better you know they're they're more experienced um their pitching is is, is more reliable i mean florida uses a, a guy who a freshman who's been in the bullpen all season makes his first start of the year on friday and he gave them their best outing uh it's the first friday game they've won all year you know and after that i mean i don't know what's going on with jonathan crawford i need to i need to I'll see those guys on Friday. I'll try to get some more answers about Crawford. I thought I was going in to see a great matchup between Zomek and, and Jonathan Crawford on a Friday night, and it looks like it's going to be Zomek against the freshman, Jay Carmichael, because Crawford just has not won a game yet. He's 0-3. Uh, he's not. You know, I don't even think he struck anybody out on Saturday. Just, just a lackluster, blah start. He struck out two. I mean, give yeah. five runs. It's just, I don't know what's going on Perfect. with the Gators. Right For a
1: guy with that... For a guy with that kind of quick arm and that kind of slider yeah. that he's shown in the past, he's been so lights out, a uh, heck of a time to get draft-itis. I mean, uh, yeah, right. you, you look at Florida, Aaron, they lost a series of Kentucky to start league play. Did they get any easier if they go to Vanderbilt. Home to Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, home to South Kakalaka. And when they, get, when they get a team that's not a protected regional team, they're at Missouri, which we just, we just talked about was very tough. The only series that you can look at in the first half of the season where you say, here's a series that on paper they should win is at home to Tennessee. And then the other series they have, that on paper you looked at and said they should win, home to Tennessee, home to Auburn, at Georgia. And even at Georgia and at Missouri, those are dicey, those are 50-50 propositions for me. So I don't think Florida is going to regionals. I'll say it right now. I don't think they're going to regionals. So I don't think I'm panicking when I say
0: that. You're not panicking. It's a perfectly reasonable um, position to arrive at at this point in the season, you know. And 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 I don't know if I'm quite there yet, just because I have so much faith in in this coaching staff, and I I still like some of their players. But boy, they need to get it figured out fast. Uh, and and the schedule is going to be hard, like you said. I mean, they might not, they might not make a regional. I mean, it's, it's become a very, right now, it's probably, you know, the, Vegas probably has a in against them making a regional. Um, it, where, where's
1: the sports book that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's got college baseball odds? And have, are you on their payroll?
0: <laughs> uh, we, we need to, we need
1: to discover that place and, uh, <laughs> we sure as heck do and get on the payroll. So baseball America podcast, everyone will bet against us. Uh so baseball America podcast with john and uh and, and my my main man Sissy. aaron uh you you mentioned uh faith in coaching staffs uh two a c c teams I think in which we have uh big time faith in the coaching staff lost their first games over the weekend, Florida State and North Carolina. Let's start with the Seminoles. I don't know if we've talked a ton of Seminoles on this podcast yet this year uh I know that there's probably no coaching no no head coach. That in the regular season, you should have more faith in, and I have to qualify that, in the regular season than Mike Martin. This team is a 45-50 to 50 win machine every year. This program, not this team, this program. And they go on the road against a, a tough Maryland team, a scrappy Maryland team. Yeah. Pretty good week. Pretty good week on the road for the Seminoles to go. Win the, win the grudge match with Florida in the middle of the week. And they own, They've owned Florida at times. In recent, was that last year or two years ago where they beat Florida four times in the midweek? Yeah, two years ago. Two years ago, and then at Maryland, uh, they lose their first game, but they win the series. And a tight series, a couple of one-run games. So like that's a good thing for the Seminoles. They really uh, they pitched well, Aaron. They pitched better I mean, than we thought they would this year, especially without the, oh, who, oh the Compton who got like the, who had, yeah, had the Tommy John surgery. Uh, Scott Sits has really been pretty solid for them this uh, this year. I know he got knocked around a little bit um, this weekend, but still pitched well. I'm impressed with Florida State. They seem to have new offensive leadership as well. I mean, a lot of turnover. They're doing this without Justin Gonzalez, the shortstop that has a season-ending injury. Uh, Talk a little bit about the Seminoles and what's allowed them to to get off to this uh, amazing start.
0: Well, you know, first of all, if we hadn't talked about them much in the podcast this year, it's because uh, of their schedule. I mean, you know, it's the first time time they've left home. This season, and um, they didn't play a very strong non-conference schedule, so it was hard to know just how good they were. Um, you know, we we, we kind of had questions more about their their offense. I feel like than their pitching coming into the season. Uh, we thought with with, um, with Lee Brant and Compton and Sights in the rotation, you'd have three pretty good, pretty reliable guys there. And then they lo- lose Compton. Um, Sights has been good in that number two role. You know, he kind of emerged down the second half last season and if you recall he pitched very well in Omaha um got a good little breaking ball he competes um you, you know he and, he and Lee Brand are a solid little one two punch i mean it's not you know it's not Nolan Eats i mean we're not talking about guys with with great right. stuff here but they're good college pitchers um and you know the, sunday starter's been up and down a little bit peter miller he's got he's probably got the best stuff of that group um, but uh you know you talked about the the, the lineup um You know, I like some of these newer players now. DJ Stewart and Marcus Davis, a couple of newcomers that have made impacts, and uh, um, you know those guys can both hit and they're physical. Jose Venezuela's had a big sophomore year so far. I mean. I, I like I like this lineup. I mean, they, they hit every year. They're, they're hitting this year. I mean, how about Giov- Giovanni Alfonso? stepping into that shortstop job for, for Gonzalez, and he's played pretty well, it looks like. So this was a nice series for them. I mean, I, I do think Maryland is a scrappy team. Um, you know, they seem to be the kind of club that could compete for a regional. Um, they've got some experience. They've got some, some decent talent there, too. Um, they played Virginia Tech last week as well on the road. So um, that, that's a, you know that's the first road test for Florida State, and, and they handled it. I mean, people aren't going to be blown. Away by yeah, they really have a uh, feels, feels like Florida State. Uh, the, 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 the issue
1: to watch for them going forward is you know they are having to replace a senior shortstop, so we'll see how you know Giovanni Alfonso plays going forward. Florida State's given up a lot of unearned runs, um, but they also have. Uh, I, I like their weekend rotation, even without comp. Like you said, like is it sites sites has pitched very well. And, and I like their bullpen one-two punch of Weaver and uh, Gage Smith. You know, you know, I'm a sucker for a low slot guy like Gate Smith, and Luke Weaver is kind of this moment of truth. You can just see him being a guy. It's very conceivable that Florida State gets to Omaha. You could see Luke Weaver being a guy who had a couple of saves in postseason play and started a game on two days rest and a regional final and got the win. You know, I mean, right. he could. He just he's a Swiss Army knife for Mike Bell, uh, their pitching coach, to use and deploy when necessary. And the Martins, father and son, so good at teaching that hitting approach, that patient approach that Florida State is known for. Everybody walks there. Stephen McGee, I guess, is the obvious version. What was his ratio last year, like 50 to 20, 60 to 20 strikeout, a walk to strikeout, kind of doing it again this year, and you've added a little punch, a uh, nice offensive two-way catcher for them to have. So a lot of nice pieces of Florida State, like you said, I think you nailed it. Really wasn't a great reason to talk about them before this year because of the uh, before this week because of the week schedule. Uh, I mean, Aaron, you know, I,
0: I think Johnny, one more thing. I mean, you mentioned Weaver. Yeah. I wonder if, if Weaver will wind up, you know, working his way into that Sunday role at some point because he pitched. He's been pitching midweek. He pitched very well, six and a third innings uh, against Florida last week. Um, you know, I, I think he, he might be more consistent at this point than, than Peter Miller on Sundays. So That might be something to keep an eye on.
1: Definitely something to keep an eye on. I'm gonna take you back off speaker. <laughs> so we're doing a little uh, thriller podcast here on the West Coast. Aaron, real quick. Uh, so we got. So we have to do the. Uh, Gotta do the Google Hangout here soon. Um, North Carolina, uh, tough tough basketball loss for them against uh, Miami. Miami, ACC regular season and tournament championship in basketball. And at the same time, the basketball ACC tournament championships going on. A pretty dramatic college baseball game going on in Chapel Hill. Between North Carolina and Miami, rubber game of a series. As you detailed in weekend preview, Miami has just owned North Carolina in baseball late, late lately. Due in part to their left-handedness on the mound, and North Carolina's predominant left-handedness uh, at the plate, and a pretty dramatic way for North Carolina, our number one team, um, you know, to to win the series. With uh, right now, I'd say mid-season, freshman of the year, not mid-season yet, but. Skybolt. They intentionally walked Colin Moran, who was having a big weekend. Intentionally walked Colin Moran with a go-ahead run at second, and to, to pitch the Skybolt. And the switch-hitting freshman from uh, the Atlanta area hits a three-run homer to win that game for North Carolina. I was impressed with Miami going up there and, and competing. They've, they've now lost two straight series to open ACC play. They're starting to get. A, if, you know, if they don't ride the ship. They're going to be a little bit in the regional danger zone, but. Talk a little bit about North Carolina and what they did right this weekend to win that series against the Canes.
0: Well, you know, I mean, they, they they persevered against those lefties, and Miami threw three more lefties at them. And, you know, I, I thought it was uh, uh, it was dubious strategy, frankly, for for um, Miami to walk Moran with a lefty, A.J. Salcinez, on the mound there in the eighth inning. Um, you got a left-on-left matchup, and you, you I know Colin Moran's great, but you walk him to, to pitch to a dangerous right-handed hitter, I don't get that. I mean, I questioned it at the time, and, and I, you know,
1: you North
0: Carolina took advantage. I mean, both is, is good. Um, but, you know, we talked a lot about North Carolina. I don't think we need to talk more about them. Uh, but Miami has now lost, you mentioned, two straight weekend series in conference play. Before that, they lost a series at, at Florida. So they've lost three straight series. Um, they're, you know, they they played all right this weekend, um, but, you know, they're they're still – they're not off to a great start. They're clearly not a top-25 team or close to it right now. Uh, They've got some things to figure out. But the, the other thing I wanted to talk about, John, before we wrap this thing up, is, is Oregon State. Now, it feels like UNC and Oregon State, I mean, how often uh, over the years have we talked about those teams in the same breath? Uh, they're, just, yeah. they're linked together. But you know, right now, I mean, hey, these, those teams could be on another, another Omaha collision course. Uh, the Beavers going down to Tucson this weekend and sweeping that series, to me, uh, that's a state. That is impressive.
1: That, that is yeah, #hashtag I just, I,
0: impressive. Uh, you know, this team, to me, I, I've thought it coming into the season. We had them as a preseason pick in, in the in the Pac-12, but didn't necessarily know if there was a huge separation between any of those top four teams. You know, UCLA, Stanford, Oregon. Uh, right now, I think it's Oregon State and then everybody else. I mean, I just I'm with you. They're, they're they're so complete. Um, you know, we we've talked we we've talked a good deal about them on the podcast this year too about how dangerous they are in the middle of the lineup. And Michael Conforto's uh, in that in that group with Bryant and Peterson and you know Moran. I mean, is among the best hitters in college baseball, such a difference maker in the middle. Um, they're, they're, they got so much pitching. They play great defense. They, they grind you. I mean, they do everything well. They're a great college baseball team.
1: I'm, I'm glad you brought up Oregon State here. And uh, last two things before we wrap up, just very quickly. Aaron, before we wrap this up, we talked about about the new teams we brought in at the back of the rankings. We brought in Central Arkansas for the first time. Uh, We brought in Virginia Tech. They've been in the rankings previously and now they're back. And then we brought in San Diego. And you mentioned Chris Bryant. Uh, Besides playing center field and uh, when Louis Leckage pitches and uh, uh, saving cats out of trees, uh, what else is Chris Bryant doing? He just seems like he does everything for that team. I guess he doesn't pitch. Otherwise, Chris Bryant is carrying the Toreros on his back.
0: Yeah, it's been something to behold down there. Um, you know, they're 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 just buzzing about this guy right now. I mean, three home runs for uh, Thursday, including a walk off, and then another walk off on on uh, Saturday. I mean, he's got uh, what's he got? Eleven homers or twelve in his last 13 games? Something bonkers like that. I mean, he's just out of this world. Um, him and Peterson. You know, I mean they're just both these guys, uh, if you had to pick a, a you know, a player of the year at this point, it's hard to argue with either one of those guys. They're just both playing at such an elite level. Uh, and it's neat to see elite talents perform to that level and, and uh, you know Chris Bryant doing it in, in the thick air of San Diego, I mean it's not a it's not a very hitter friendly environment, you know, like, like Peterson plays in. Uh that's loud what he's doing down there
1: it is it's uh really impressive to see and uh you know i i i'm i'm still stunned that he plays center field <laughs> when they need him to i mean i guess a yeah. good look for scouts because he's probably going to play in the outfield in the pro ball but you know colin moran's having a nice year he's got a slug 583 he's the best player uh you know along with sky Bolt on the number one team in the country chris bryant wears the same shade of blue all the way across the country. Uh, I would shudder to think of what a Calum Moran would look like playing center field. <laughs> if Bryant, I know if has got more walks, he's been walked 26 times, and so he'd be impatient, and he's got three times as many home runs, and he's slugging 986. I mean, I know you can't just go by the numbers, but Chris Bryant looks the part, and he's performing at an extremely high level. I mean, if you had got to take one hitter in the country right now, you've got to take Chris Bryant. So... Yeah. Um that's, uh, that, that's the short version. So, Aaron, we're going to um, do a little quick Google Plus Hangout. And uh, if you have questions for us all the time, uh, obviously there's an abbreviated podcast this week. You can always tweet at us. He's at Aaron Fit. I'm at John Manuel BA. Uh, and you, you, know, you have to sift through all the World Baseball Classic tweets for me uh, All my new Japanese followers. Aaron went over 9,000 followers last night. very excited. Yeah. Uh, t- I think I picked up 30 followers in a minute after I tweeted about Japan's manager's reaction to his double steal attempt in the eighth inning which was uh impossible to explain in any language so uh <laughs> but if you also uh, if you have questions for the podcast podcast at baseballamerica.com is that email address for aaron fit i am john Manuel. we'll see you next time on the next baseball america college podcast so long everybody everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich